0: Welcome to Live On Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live On Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live On Purpose Radio. I am excited today to be joined by Scott Fisher. Scott is a radio personality and also an expert in the area of family history, DNA testing, and all of the fun stories that go along with it. Scott is part of Extreme Genes Radio, which is heard on 67 radio stations around the country. He's been featured on Fox News, CBSnews.com, uh, People Magazine. Scott, you're everywhere, man.
1: Hey, Dr. Paul, great to be with you now.
0: <laughs> and this is fun for me. I, I got to tell you, Scott, I'm a bit of a family history bug myself. And I I don't know half, I'm sure, of even what's out there and available. I'm excited to talk to you about this. But my wife and I recently got interested in this uh, program called Relative Race.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Are
0: you familiar with that one?
1: Oh, yeah. It's a great show. It's one of the sponsors for Extreme Genes, in fact.
0: Oh, perfect. Yes. Um, So I've got some enthusiasm about this personally. Could you share with our listeners for just a minute what what it is that pulled you this direction?
1: You know, I, I think it was because I lost so many people when I was young. Uh, before the age of 21, I'd lost all four of my grandparents. In fact, my grandmother, one of my grandmothers died before I was born. And then my uh, dad's dad when I was a year and a half. And then I lost a brother when I was eight And I lost my father when I was 17 and two uncles. And by the time I got married at age 26 and we started having our family, it was suddenly this feeling of, wait a minute, who were those people in my life? Uh And, And I didn't really know all that much about them other than what I had heard as a child. And there were still plenty of folks around who could fill in some of those gaps. And I started collecting the stories and then I started writing away for documents. And then I started making the trees and visiting cemeteries and going to libraries. And, and mm-hmm. that was 35, 37 years ago now.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it gets into you, doesn't it?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and it is a, obviously a great diversion. But you know, for the benefit of your family and your children to have that information, uh, Emory University did a big study on this and found out that children that knew the stories of their ancestors were better able to deal and cope with the issues that faced them through their lives. It's almost as if you extend your life experience through those who came before you.
0: Wow. You know, I've had a sense of this. And as a psychologist, Scott, it's interesting to me to see what the impact is when we understand our roots. You know, the from yeah, where we come from. So you're saying well, it established through the research as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you look at uh, look at all the adoptees who are out there. They are desperate, many of them, to know about their birth families. And people want to know where they're from, and they want to know how they got there. Because the story, you know, it's it's the museum of you, (laughs) right? Right, yes. It's, you know, how did this all happen? Because let's face it, we are all the result of a lot of seemingly random things that have happened over the centuries. Mm -hmm. And you change any one of those things, and either we are not, we don't exist,
0: Mm -hmm. or we're
1: somebody completely different. And uh, it's fascinating to learn at least what some of those things are and were and and the miracle that each of us is.
0: You do this podcast called Extreme Genes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And can could you share for just a moment what that is so that we understand the context around some of the next questions I'm going to ask you?
1: Sure, yeah. I started it in 2013, on an AM and FM uh, combo station in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, at that time, uh, I wasn't quite sure where it was going to go, but it got picked up for national syndication the following January in 2014. And uh, now we're heard on 67 radio stations around the country. We're on in Boston, Atlanta, uh, Dallas. Uh, Phoenix airs us twice. Uh, I think the same in Las Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. We're on Reno still in Salt Lake City, lots of smaller markets around the country as well, and and it keeps on growing. And the idea of the show, first of all, is just, you know, basically I'm kind of the Pied Piper of family history. I just think that it's so universal, uh, the the people's desire to know about their roots and their stories. People want to know how to do this, and they want to hear the results that other people get. So the show, first and foremost, has got to be entertaining. It's, it's not, um, you know, it's made as a radio show first before it becomes a podcast. And basically, we air it and then we share it later on. Uh, and, and so we tell a lot of stories there. We, we love to find ordinary people with extraordinary finds and how they did it. We have lots of experts on, for instance, CC. C. Moore, who you may have just seen on uh, 60 Minutes over the weekend, Talking about genetic genealogy and how uh, DNA and and this genetic genealogy is being used to solve cold cases, rapes and murders from thirty forty years ago, and she's right at the center of that. And she's a regular on Extreme Genes. We have her on all the time. She's a, a very dear friend, uh, and, and we get people on to talk about you know how you find something in Norway, for instance, or what's what's the latest uh, that's digitized out of New York City. And we often will share stories with how those, you know, what those techniques have created for people. So it's really, uh, you know, hopefully useful at the one end. We want it to be Mm -hmm. inspirational, we want it to be entertaining, and we want it to be educational. We do all of those. The show is about uh, 40-some-odd minutes each week. And then we also release uh, a thing we call uh, Fisher's Top Tips, We do a couple of those a week as well. Those are really short. Mm -hmm. Those are 45 seconds to a minute or something just to get people thinking. And um, that's what we do.
0: So not only the stories, but some of the practical things that people can actually do to get connected to their history, their ancestry.
1: Yeah, we talk about a lot about DNA for instance because that's really the hot thing right now and how you can take your matches, <clears throat> excuse me, how you can take those matches and develop them even those people that don't have a family tree connected to those matches and discover what lines those people come from. And so you can not only break through what they call brick walls where you can't get beyond a certain ancestor, but you can also validate your research, because, you know, let's face it, sometimes we get off on the wrong path Ah. and it's great if you can find, oh my gosh, look, I've got five different matches from my third great grandparents and I wasn't quite sure I had the right ones, but look at all these people connect Mm -hmm. to me through DNA and through the same tree. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's great to get that validation and connections. I recently Mm -hmm. uh, met online, this way, uh, a, a distant relative in Australia. She's my fourth cousin. And then she moved to London. And so she lives in London where our people, our common people were from. And she's offering to do research for me there. Hey, let me know what I need to look for. I'll go get it oh. you know, for all of our sakes. And, it, and it's fantastic. It creates this collaboration. Uh, some people uh, have uh, have found uh, photographs and documents and family Bibles through connecting with these uh, distant family members. And uh, I've been fortunate to be among those who've had that kind of experience. And it's, it's incredible when it happens.
0: You're describing something that people who have experienced it will immediately recognize. I remember, Scott, feeling that that this was a little foreign when I was first introduced to it. DNA testing. What's up with that? (laughs) And uh, my wife actually purchased two DNA kits for Christmas last year. Yeah. And I'm like, what, why, why are you giving me this? And that's about (laughs) the same time that we started to connect to that show that I mentioned earlier, relative race,
1: relative race. Yeah.
0: Where people who have no idea what their family history is through this DNA testing can start to discover things about who they are and where they came from, which I'm going to use the word enrich. It enriches their life.
1: Yes, it really does. You know, it's fascinating. DNA is, is powerful in and of itself, but, mostly when it's in connection with, with the records. And uh, when you have the records in combination with the DNA, you get that validation, you get those ties. Because right. if you had no records on your side, no records on the other side, and you just see that somehow there's a DNA match, that could be from any branch of the family. Mm-hmm. and And so that's a bit challenging. But if you're asking what's the fuss about, uh, yes. Where do you begin? I mean, for anybody who has done this for a long, long time, and certainly before DNA came along, uh, this this has been a fascinating journey, and a lot more people are getting into it because of DNA. Let me take you back to the late 90s, and mm-hmm. uh, in my neighborhood, uh, we got a notice that there was a guy who was going to come visit our church, mm-hmm. and... He wanted to, he wanted volunteers to draw blood from these people who are interested in genealogy to test out a new method that could potentially really change things in the DNA world or in the genealogical world. Mm -hmm. And so my wife and I said, sure, we'll play. And we went up there and they said, look, you need to understand, you're never gonna see the results of this. Uh, We won't have anything that comes from this probably for several years. But our idea is to go out and get 100,000 samples around the world, uh, some from different countries all over the place, and see if we can connect people in different lands by doing this, this kind of connection. So they, they went all over the place. They didn't need 100,000 before they proved, yes, this is going to work. And then eventually, it, of course, it evolved to what it is now, where you, could just, uh, you can spit into a little tube. Right. And, and that's all it takes. And you can get so much more DNA out of that little spit into a tube through these autosomal testing that's going on now. Uh-huh. And and that's what everybody's into. So what's happened, though, is that so many people from around the world have supplied their samples. They don't need to go test populations in different places. They just need to wait for the test results to come in, and they tie them to different locations. And uh, as a result of that, we're now, now able to get these ethnicity reports. Now, I will warn people that ethnicity reports are seen as uh, something like the Ouija boards of genealogy to a certain extent. And that is if, if you were to go to all these different companies, 23andMe and Ancestry.com and MyHeritage and Family Tree dna and do these tests, you're going to find that every one of them has a different result for you. Uh, to some To some extent or another and that 's because dna doesn 't know borders right? right and obviously the broader uh, that you look at it you know from a, from a higher lens from you know maybe outer space you 're going to find that it 's much more accurate, but you can take those and perhaps average the results out and be as accurate as you, you know possibly can so that 's an interesting aspect to it, but i, I don I 't don't want to get started in another aspect of DNA, which is the most exciting to me. Uh, because I know we're coming up on a break here pretty quick, are we not?
0: (laughs) We are, and I'm thinking as we come back from this break, Scott, I would love to hear where your mind is taking you with that. There are such fascinating stories embedded in all of this. Folks, we've got Scott Fisher today from Extreme Genes, and as we come back from this break, we'll dig into what some of those stories might be. We'll be right back. Hey Live On Purpose family, I know you're a fan of personal development and that's why you're here on the podcast. Something else that I think you would really like is Live On Purpose TV. Come on over to youtube.com forward slash Live On Purpose TV, where you will find daily episodes that are all geared toward powering up your personal development program. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. We're back. Scott Fisher at Live On Purpose Radio today and we're talking extreme genes, which has something to do with DNA and Scott, before the break, <laughs> you were just starting to roll with this. This is a hot topic right now among a lot yes. of people.
1: Yeah, we talk about it on the radio show all the time because it's it's really what so many people are using as their gateway drug <laughs> into family history research <laughs> and and I've helped a lot of people with this, uh, you know, just personal friends as things have evolved. Uh, you mentioned getting a DNA kit for Christmas and I had a long time friend whose daughter gave her a DNA kit for Christmas because uh, my friend had been adopted. Uh-huh. And so she's in her mid fifties and she, she was thinking, Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to find out what my ethnicity is, what my background is.
0: Right.
1: And she wound up, uh, hearing something about matches and what's this matches thing about so months later after she'd gotten her results she went back in and saw oh my gosh i have a first cousin matching me here and she didn't know what to do with that so she called me and said can can you help me with this Mm -hmm. i said come on over here let's take a look at it and She had had some information about her birth mother given to her when she was ill about 20 years ago that the adoption agency had provided her. And it mapped out this birth mother's family by age, no names, no places, but it had age and birth order and uh, a a general idea of uh, what some of the people did for a living, their education level. And it matched perfectly the mother's side of this first cousin. And from that, we were able to identify who that birth mother had been, and she'd since passed. We reached out to that first cousin, and the woman said, Oh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised that she had a child that she gave up, but she said, You have a half sister, and let me reach out for you and, and introduce you. And so they had uh, a lovely meeting, and they're still in touch three years later. And then now that we knew the mother's side of the family, based on this DNA and and who matches were shared with with this cousin, we were now able to look and say, okay, let's eliminate them. These other people are your father's side, and she had a match to a first cousin one generation removed who was younger, and then another first cousin one generation removed who was older, meaning he was a first cousin to her father, uh-huh. and these two first cousins once removed were cousins to each other about second or third level, but we knew who their common ancestor was. So we went back, we found the common ancestor was born in the 1860s, he and his wife. And then we pulled down and figured her father had to come from the grandchild level from these people. And Mm -hmm. from that, we were able to identify the birth father. And verified it by finding matches to his mother's side, to the, the birth father. I mean, it's very complicated, but wow. at the end of the day, you have to check it in different directions to make sure it all fits. And so we found out that he was actually a milkman. And uh, the birth mother was, uh, was a customer along oh. his route.
0: Oh no. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. And so they they gave her up for adoption and we reached out to uh, the younger first cousin once removed because it was his father I believe that was the uh, the first cousin to my friend on this side and he said, "Well, you have a half brother." And so uh he wow. went about making the introduction. He called the guy uh, and it, as he was just leaving work, he was sitting in the parking lot. And he said, well, my, my son did a DNA test and the results have something to do with you. And he said, well, what would that be? And he said, well, we've discovered that you have a sister. And there's just long silence. And this man had lost a sister to cancer and his, and his other only sibling, a brother, in a plane crash many years ago. And had no family left. His parents were gone, and he felt he had no one to celebrate holidays with and milestones for his children. And he was just thrilled. I have a sister. And before he even called his wife, he picked up the phone and called my friend and said, Hi, Mm -hmm. I'm your brother. And uh, my wife and I got invited to their first reunion where they all got to meet for the first time. And he went ahead and de- did a DNA test, which of course validated my work, mm-hmm. and, uh, which was absolutely thrilling. And they are still, three years later, they see each other all the time. They have dinners together. They get together and it was, it was great. But here's the thing though, that you need to understand, it doesn't always work out that way. For instance, I had a neighbor who came to me one day and said, I have a weird first cousin match. And uh, I said, oh, okay. well, you know, happens. She Mm -hmm. said, yeah, he called me and asked where I fit in. And he, he asked me for who my parents and grandparents were. And I asked who his were. And we didn't recognize any names. And I said to him, well, it just must be a mistake. Uh-huh. and <laughs> I, I, I tried not to going. explode in laughter yeah you don't want to you know and i said well those don't those are not mistakes dna doesn't care what you think what you want it is what it is and or i said if you really want to
0: <laughs> what's that I, I was just thinking or about social expectations yes there's so, a lot of uh, things that I said, people want to keep secret
1: Yeah, I said, if you really want to know, we can figure this out. Um, But, you know, it it could could imply something with your parents or your grandparents or his. I got to look at this thing. Uh So she came over a couple days later, and we mapped out this guy's tree from what he had provided to her Mm -hmm. and extended it. And then we mapped out her tree, and so we had both. Mm -hmm. And I said, here's the deal. Your matches that you share with this guy are either going to match him or they're going to match you. They're going to match this tree or they're going to match his tree. And as we went through it, it consistently matched the other guy's tree. And it was about 40 minutes into it where I had to give her the news that her beloved dad, who raised her, who adored her, and she adored in return, was not her biological father. Right. and. You know, just the shock of the whole thing. It was the worst day of my life doing genealogy was to have to tell her that. Uh, and yeah. And uh, I I said to her, Do you think maybe you came along uh before they came along and your mom brought you into the marriage? And they she said, No, I was a middle child of you know, she was like third or fourth out of six kids.
0: Well, oh, so part,
1: it was an affair you. situation. Yeah. And it was it it was tough and it's been almost a year and a half and she's still dealing with that, you know.
0: You know, Scott, we all have stuff. Yep. We've all got issues. And you know what? It's so interesting. As I've gotten into my family history, I've seen that there are some stories that came to light only after someone passed away and was gone for several years because they felt ashamed of what had happened in their lives. And yeah. you know what? If, if for me as a descendant, yes, that can be shocking at first. And then on another level, it's kind of like, oh, okay.
1: You know, it's human. It's and we all have that. We all descend from from kings and wealthy people and we all descend from paupers and, and, and serfs and <laughs> yeah, and we all come from uh illegitimacies and we all come from, you know, loving relationships and great people and bad people and criminals and <laughs> yeah. You know, we all, we ha- I have a pirate in my background. I mean, a bloodthirsty pirate. I mean, they were part of murder and mayhem to, to get uh, to rob ships way back in the late 1690s. And it was just an amazing thing to learn about that. But, you know, here's the thing. I mean, I think at the end of the day, these things also have the opportunity to heal. And here, what's interesting is, is this woman that I helped, and and we found out that her father wasn't her father, living right next door to her is another guy who grew up, who accidentally at the age of 12 discovered his own birth certificate and learned that his father wasn't his father. And his life went into a spiral. He didn't tell his parents what he had discovered and uh, his his school grades went down he was picking fights with friends and he had no idea why he was behaving this way mm-hmm. and he would hear rumors over the years about who his actual father might be and so he would you know get on his mother about this she'd had him quite young she she conceived him at 15 and uh, he was born when she was 16 and uh and she just insisted that Dad was Dad, and you don't have to worry about this. Well, of course, whoever anticipated DNA would come along.
0: Right, and he's in
1: his mid-fifties, and and he had many other problems come up in his life, and as a result of it, and you know better than anybody, Doctor Paul, that uh, when these things happen, sometimes other stuff can come up into your mind that can really mm-hmm. stir up. And he he couldn't sleep at night in his mid-fifties over this question of who his father was. He. Had to know and wanted to know, and he, you know, he knew there were people out there who, at least, thought they knew the answer to the question, um, and they wouldn't tell him, they wouldn't share with him. Well, we'll wait till your mom's gone because she's still living in her seventies, and you know, her mom. I think his mom was always terrified that he would find out for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a tool called GedMatch where you can take your raw DNA from Ancestry and some of these other sites. And share it there and you can meet other people that you might match to and they have a tool there called are your parents related and we we clicked on that and discovered that his that that the story that he had heard that his actual birth father was a first cousin of his mother was true oh. and we knew immediately now who this person was yes. and um and and it's amazing i mean it's really ugly and she claimed that uh, perhaps uh, he had taken advantage of her. You know, she didn't want to believe it when he shared the results. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't want her. She was terrified her husband would find out. You know, I mean, it's just it was a mess. But my friend is perfectly at peace now because he knows who that person is. Yes. And oddly, he discovered that that man was also fathered by somebody who wasn't his his known father. And so we have that line as well. And so as ugly as the truth was, even that truth solved the problem for this man. And Mm -hmm. so you have, you know, sometimes the results tells you the truth and it's devastating. And other times it tells you the truth and it's it's freeing in its own way. And uh, and it's amazing. And one quick story, I know we're almost out of time here. Um, There were a couple of people who got some odd results and reached out to each other. They were matching each other's people that they should match. And it turned out that the grandfather of one and the father of the other were switched at birth in 1913 in the Bronx, in New York.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: only through DNA could they figure it out. So you had this short uh, little Jewish guy being raised by this big, tall Italian guy and vice versa. And the pictures were incredible to see how much they, you know, and they basically had swapped cultures and family history and, and. Every their futures, everything had changed and, and same for many of their descendants.
0: Uh, so if if it's important to have a squeaky, clean, fits the mold, perfect story for your family history, then you may not want to get into DNA testing.
1: Don't do it. I'm war- you know, nobody expects these things when they happen. Nobody <laughs> expects those. That's why they don't pay much attention to the warnings. But if you can't handle something that comes up that's kind of bizarre maybe a half sibling out there maybe for a lot of men they don't know they have children from their younger days you know Mm -hmm. and they show up
0: they show up this is something that we can find now I I love what you said though Scott also about it can also be a healing experience
1: absolutely and for many people it is mostly it is but there are occasions where stories come along like the woman discovering her dad wasn't her dad and both parents were deceased so she couldn't talk to anybody about it and it's been really hard on her
0: good to know though also at another level that we're all human you know that's right take some of the pressure off so that we don't have to be this picture perfect version of well
1: hiding secrets for generations isn't healthy for anybody
0: i agree yeah painful but painful and bad aren't the same thing
1: that's right Mm-hmm.
0: Potentially. You've got a little warning that you share at the end of your show. Would you share that with us as well? <laughs>
1: uh, well I always wrap up Extreme Jeans thanking people for listening to us. So thanks for joining us. Talk to you next week. And remember, as far as everyone knows, we're a nice, normal family.
0: <laughs> as far as everyone knows. So how, how can people find you? Extremejeans.com is, is the website, right? What, yep. what are other ways they can connect?
1: Well, uh, the, the podcasts are all available through iTunes and iHeartRadio and, of course, on ExtremeGenes.com. And uh, there's uh, there's also an app you can download for free for many of your devices. And you can catch all of the podcasts right there. And uh, we appreciate it.
0: <laughs> have some fun with this, folks. Remember the warnings. Don't get, you know, too tipped over by the fact that, you know, your family, too, might have That's some. it stuff going on (laughs) well excellent Scott thank you so much for joining us at live on purpose radio today
1: thanks for the invitation Dr. Paul great to talk to you
0: it's time everyone to go live on purpose